One day, each of us will close our eyes for the final time. Our hearts will slowly cease to beat and our last breath will whisper through silent lips as we leave this existence behind. Yet is this truly the end? Do we simply cease to be as the last spark races from our brains along cooling neurons to its final destination in oblivion? Or does the part of us that is uniquely our own continue beyond the grave? Is there existence beyond the temporal? And if so, what mysteries might that existence hold? There are those who would have us believe that our lives end with our final tomorrow, that the physical world is both our beginning and ultimate end. There are also those who reject this explanation, instead contending that the physical world is simply one aspect of an existence which may stretch on through eternity. For now, we are left to wonder if the strange apparitions are a product of our feverish minds or if ghosts do haunt the fringes of the material world. The ultimate truth may lie somewhere between, unknown to us until we each pass beyond that veil. And between our searching eyes and that veil lies a path that leads us to the shadows of legend. Hello, this is Charles Romans. I'm your host for Shadows of Legend. Today, we are speaking with Steve Garten, he is the founder and lead investigator of the Greenup County Paranormal Society. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good so far. So uh, you've got a lot of experience researching the paranormal. Uh, so when exactly did you develop an interest in the paranormal? I'd say probably, to be honest, around six years old. I grew up in a house that it had everything. And, you know, I grew up Baptist, and the way that we believed is once you died, you go to heaven or hell, you know, you're with the Lord. And I'm like, well, what's going on? What am I experiencing? So as I got older, I just kind of, you know, sought it out with some friends and my sister and um, opened this team in 2009, and we've been going hard ever since. Hmm. Now, uh, or do all of you have a similar religious background? No, um, we've got some that are Wiccan. Um, well, there's two pastors in the group and then some that are just, they're there, I guess. <laughs> they don't really have a set belief, but they, they respect that I do. And, you know, I respect them. I mean, it's their choice. It's their life. Well, the reason I asked the question was uh, to, to clarify if you're going at uh, paranormal research from the same belief pattern. Pretty much. Um, we work very well together and the things that she's a psychic medium. So even when she's not there, man, she's watching our live and she can tell us what we're up against. Like, I don't know something about an appearance of something. And before she even hopped on little, did she know we already got that? So it, it kind of helps. She can remotely be there and it's just awesome because it works very well, but we all have a set. I mean, she prays with us, you know, we believe that there's a higher power and you know, he's, there to help us. So when you take a case, how do you determine if there's paranormal activity or not from the beginning? I mean, after you've done the research, obviously you can tell, but uh, what indicates to you that there needs to be some in-depth research done? Well, when I first started, I was the kind of, I guess, case manager. I would call and interview like uh, one coworker, a couple coworkers you work with. Um, I was the one that called them. Now we have a case manager that I don't have to worry about that, but we have a questionnaire that we go online. We ask certain questions like, do you hear voices, taps, you know, see shadows, are you being touched? 
that kind of helps us narrate what we have to face. Um, apparently, you know, of course, if somebody's being hurt, then that sets us more of a malevolent, not necessarily demonic, just a malevolent entity. And then I could sit there and be ready for, I guess, combating that. But I've learned over the years, a lot of the things that the clients claim, we don't even come up against, which don't mean it don't happen. You know, we're only there a couple hours. Right. So uh, how do you go about investigating paranormal activity? What's the process here? Give us a little bit of an inside track here. Um, well, I think first and foremost, the most important, you have to have the passion. Um, my daughter, she's kind of in the group, but she looked at me one day and said, Dad, I just don't want to go out and investigate. I just don't have the passion. You know, you've got to have that drive to even set out. I mean, there's countless hours of dull stuff that people don't even see. And after that, you've got to have the knowledge of determining, is this an intelligent, a residual, um, you know, residuals, just like a tape recorder. It is energy that just plays back, has no clue you even exist. And you have to have that knowledge to be able to determine that. Cause I mean, if you're going in and you're telling the client, this thing's out here to hurt you, you're going to give them a panic attack when it's uncalled for. Well, I can see where that would be counterintuitive. Yeah. I've actually had teams that's done that. And then we were called up to kind of help the client out after them. And it's annoying. <laughs> they don't have the research done and they're, they're just going out for the thrill, I guess. Well, you know, obviously uh, you can tell from movies and things like that. Uh, people react to uh, horrible activity. We'll say, uh, you know, thundering knocks on the wall and, uh, ghostly voices and things like that. But what in your experience is uh, the typical haunting if there is such a thing and does Hollywood get it wrong? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've actually never thought of that. I would say probably the most activity we hear is, or well, yeah, hear of is shadow figures. Um, Hollywood's definitely got it wrong. They paint everything as a demon and everything's going to claw your eyeballs out. It's not always the case. If that was, I would be hurt pretty much every Saturday. But, um, I, I mean, it's the hardest thing to determine because shadow figures can be so many things. And I've got 30 plus years in this field and I'm telling you, nobody really knows what they are. Um, Johnny Zaffis, he was haunted collector on TV. He had told me one time that there is, a whole different category when it comes to them because we don't have enough sufficient evidence to say, you know, what these things are. Are they spirits? We have no idea. Well, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's no direct communication with, with shadow figures. They, they're, they don't talk to you. They just appear. That is, that is correct. Now I have had like a hand raise what looked like, I mean, you couldn't really tell besides, I guess the mass, um, that's it. I mean, you know, we've never had voices coming from them or anything. So what do you think? What's your insight on this? What, what would you describe a shadow figure as? I would say me, myself, personally. Well, before I go into there, there's a theory called the fringe theory. It's a belief of a parallel universe, um, you know, in a different world, so to speak. You and me are two different types of people. You know, I may be a preacher here. But there I may be a criminal. <laughs> it's a weird theory, but 
they believe that when the that veil gets thin, that's when we see these shadow figures. Now, I do believe that's a possibility, but my, I guess, experience with them, I think it's just a spirit that's not crossed fully over into our realm, if you will. And they can't communicate because they're still in their world, but we kind of see their silhouette, if that makes sense. It does make sense, but uh, would you qualify, you say spirit? Now, are we talking about uh, just an, an entity or uh, a human spirit? Uh, entity would probably be the best thing because, I mean, we can't, we can't really say that a shadow figure is a human spirit. You know, again, we don't have enough sufficient evidence to prove anything. So, yeah, entity would be the best one there. And are all, a lot of people, as you said, report seeing shadow figures. Are all shadow figures uh, nefarious or evil, or perhaps they're just a shadow of something else, as you alluded to earlier? What would you think about that? I'd say it probably vary, um, maybe 70, 20, something like that. I don't know. That was the wrong math. 70, 30. Um, you know, my experience with them, I've never been hurt. I've never had any negative interactions. But then you hear the hat man and things like that that, do come with negative, I guess, interactions and things. But out of everyone I've ever had, I've never had a negative interaction with them. So what kind of evidence have you been able to gather uh, concerning shadow figures since we're on this subject? Pretty much the only thing, like audibly, would be a footstep, but that could be a different, you know, anything. It could be the house. It could be a different spirit. It could be in a person in the house. Um Nothing really. I mean, I've never had a door knock. I've never had a door fly open. They just appear, either move or disappear. And um, on our YouTube, I've actually got a video of I was coming downstairs from the attic. I was by myself. There was a shadow figure capture, and I stopped thinking I did it. But as I'm moving my arms, nothing's happening. So that was pretty interesting, but I had no experience besides hairs on my arms stand up. So... Uh, again, uh, from the shadow people on toward the spectrum of, of human spirits, what other type of entities have you encountered? Oh, boy. Um, well, of course, you're intelligent and residual. Those are your most common. I have encountered demonic. Um, they're very rare, but if you're in this long enough, you'll encounter something very, very mean. I've encountered vampiric spirits, which... You know, like a vampire, they suck out blood. These things drain energy. And believe it or not, I have encountered a jinn, which according to the Quran, which I'm not Muslim, nothing like that. When God created everything, he created us from dust, angels from light, and jinn from smokeless fire. They've got free will. They're good and bad. But when they're bad, my experience, they're worse than demons because they do not listen to a thing we say. They don't care. And they can be pretty, pretty nasty. So how would you uh, deal with something like that to be honest about? Well, I've only had one case, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) The guy that I guess possessed by it, I guess you can say, I was upstairs and the client saw it with her own eyes. His eyes turned solid white and then shifted solid black. And he started speaking what she said sounded like Arabic. Well, one of my investigators keyed up. I come running. I did everything I know. You know, you're typical in the name of Jesus. That made it matter. And 
this guy's not that strong. And he took three of us and moved us with one arm, which blew my mind. So I guess the only thing that really done is when I said in the name of the Holy Spirit, he tended to act like he reacted. So I kept repeating it. And after 30 minutes, it, it was gone. Have you ever never encountered that again? No, and thank goodness. <laughs> it's not a good feeling. Like, imagine, if you will, every sense of rage rushing in. At the same time, you're feeling like you're standing outside in 120-degree weather. That's what I felt right before it came to me, that this is something we've never faced. And uh, it's a very scary feeling, so we never want to do it again. Well, it sounds like a miserable experience. Now, oh, yeah. Was the gentleman involved with this, uh, possessed? Is he all right? Did he recover from this? Okay. Well, to be honest, no. Um, he shortly after that left the team. Um, without going into full detail, he got in trouble with the police. Um, and everybody I know that knows him, he's not been the same person after. I mean, it's just, it really messed him up. That's truly and unfortunate. I've tried telling him to get counseling and he, he just, he won't do it. So now, uh, how do you recognize the difference between, uh, the various types of entities that you encounter? Oh, with me, I've got a gifts. So, um, I can most of the time walk in and tell if there's a negative energy or something like that. And if I feel it, of course, I go through the house alone and I, I bless the home with the client's permission, of course. Okay. But, um, usually it goes by your feelings and if you're not gifted, well, shoot, to be honest, I have no idea because <laughs> you know, I've never been in that position, but I've got, I'm an empath and I'm a clairvoyant and I'm what's called a sensitive in the fact that I can feel shifts in the atmosphere okay so with me personally i can walk in and tell this is a peaceful spirit they could be angry because they're trying to talk and nobody's listening um and of course you're very malevolent types i can usually tell by getting sick so uh you have an instant adverse reaction to a malevolent or an evil spirit correct yes and there's been times that all i did was step out of a car and i could feel it so how do you deal with that? Well, that's the blessing of being a pastor. Um, I've been, my goodness, I've been a pastor since 2003. And my faith and in that position gives me some power over them, especially. So, I mean, of course, to save everybody from being hurt, the only people I allow in are those that are, you know, Christians that I know for a fact have made that profession of faith. Mm -hmm. And I'll go in with what's anointing oil. Um, it's just olive oil with frankincense myrrh and it's been blessed over. We'll kind of, we have to leave a door open and we'll just kind of go through and say a prayer over every room. And then once it's done, I kiss the door panel with my hand and shut the door, which pretty much is just symbolic. And uh, have you had a lot of success with that type of cleansing? Oh yeah. hundred percent. We've had clients call us and, you know, tell us that everything had changed and the atmosphere shifted and, which is a good feeling because that's the biggest reason I'm in this is to help people. You've uh, talked a lot about uh, being gifted and everything, but you haven't mentioned any of the equipment that people typically associate with uh, ghost hunting, as a, for lack of a better way of putting it. Do you use any yeah. of this equipment? Yeah. Um, well, there's some nowadays that we kind of put on the shelf, but you know, every single one you see on TV we own. In fact, we recently just got a thermal imaging camera, which... After all this time, I'm excited. But um, I'd say the 
biggest one that we have to hold, I guess, highest to everything is the digital recording. Um, it's easier to get an EVP, which for those who don't know is electronic voice phenomenon and getting a video of some full body apparition. And, uh, some of that stuff works, but you've got to be careful with the EMF detectors because you've got what's called dirty Wi-Fi or sorry, dirty EMF, which is your Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, your appliances will set them off cell phones. Uh, the K2, if anybody watches any ghost shows, you know what that is. My opinion, and this ain't to offend anybody who agrees 100% with them, they're pretty much uh, about, I'd say, 90% junk. Okay. Because if you come close to them with a cell phone, they're going to go off. So is there a, a very reliable way of uh, measuring paranormal activity? Yeah. Um, I'd say my favorite one is called a REM pod. Okay. Uh, it's R-E-M, you know, pod, P-O-D. Okay. And it's a proximity meter, a EMF meter, and a vibration detector, which pretty much means anything gets near, it will sound an alarm. And it does not get messed with by anything. Our walkies usually don't set it off, nothing. And uh, every one of the meters I've detected or have used, that's the best one to detect any kind of spike or interference. So I, I'm uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're kind of using this REM pod device to alert you when uh, the entities are near so that you can communicate, investigate, or what have you. Yeah, exactly. And at times you can use it as a yes and no question. Um, if they get closer and make it sound like the closer you get, the more buzzing it has. And you can have that as a yes or just a silent tap as a no. So uh, it can be used different things, but it's mainly to get our attention to say something that we don't see is happening and we got to figure out what, which isn't always paranormal. Now, that's that's an interesting point to make. If it's not paranormal setting it off, what would it be? Uh, it could be, well, like I said, you know, anything. But with the REM pod, thank goodness it's got enough filters that it typically don't get set off by any outside contamination. So, you know, with them, go, if they go off, there's something definitely near it that you've got to pay attention. I mean, it could be. God forbid a cockroach. I mean, those, <laughs> even those being so small, it's that sensitive. And, you know, the best way to do is just make sure nothing blew over toward it or whatever, because we can set it off ourselves. So, so basically what it, it, it's a really sensitive motion detector. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. Yeah. You just got to be to a, I think it's four foot or five foot, something like that close to it. And it'll start kind of buzzing. Okay. So, so one of the other pieces of equipment that I've seen people use is, uh, and I, I apologize on the name of it, but it's the uh, voice modulator where it cycles through the different uh, uh, bands of the radio and, and it supposedly allows a spirit to speak. What do you think about those? Uh, you're talking about the ghost box. Uh, I've got mixed feelings, to be honest, because you can have so many things. I mean, it's, it's radio. Um Nowadays, you can say certain things with the FCC, but, you know, if you're getting full sentence cussed out, that's typically not something on the radio. Typically but, not. Yeah, and, you, I mean, you've got these, I guess the best way to describe for anybody who wants to know if it's legit is just sit down and use your common sense. If you're asking a specific question, if you're, you know, is your name Susie? And, well, sorry, is your what's your name? And it says Susie. 
then you can kind of run with it. Don't absolutely believe, okay, this is a ghost. It answered. You've got to have like full sentences is something that is not going to happen if this is jumbled. Now, the best device out there for something like that is a Necrophonic app. And I don't believe in apps whatsoever, but I've had these experiences with it. Pretty much every question we ask is an intelligent answer coming through it. Okay. Now, when you say app, is it something yeah, you use on your cell phone? Yeah. It's uh, $9.99 through the app store. You just pay one time. Okay. And the, according to the creators, it does not have uh, words. It's just sound. Okay. And, you know, we saw it kind of, I've got tons of friends who are celebrities and YouTube people and they started using it on YouTube and I'm thinking that can't be real. You know, there's no way. So I downloaded it just to test it. Went to a place that I'm common with. I know the spirits. And I said, just for the sake of me, who are you and who am I? And you know, typically you're only supposed to ask one question. Yes. Literally they answered five names and then said, duh, Steve, don't ask again. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So yeah, it, it's kind of interesting. And again, you know, with every piece of evidence or equipment we have, not everything's paranormal. It can just blurt things out. Well, now you, you mentioned some of the equipment. You said that you have quite a bit of equipment. Now, if somebody oh, yeah. was interested in the field or had uh, an area like around their home or something like that, that they thought might have uh, paranormal activity. How should they proceed with that? I mean, obviously, it would be counterintuitive to run out and just buy a bunch of equipment you don't understand, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. And sadly, it's a waste of money, to be honest. Um, I, I think, personally, we got all the stuff that we got because we saw it on shows and we thought it was something you know that was going to help. And all these other teams have got it seeing that. Which there's nothing wrong with it, because in this field, it's an experimental thing. You try, you fail. But to start off, the only thing you need is a digital recorder. Our phones even have that. And the reason is, is you know, when spirits speak, they speak at a frequency we audibly can't hear most of the time. And it'll imprint so we can understand, okay, this is what they're saying. Let's follow up with that. Um, get a camera. It don't have to be a 4K camera. It can be a cheapy one. That, I mean, it's rare to catch a video, but it's good to have. And the biggest, most important piece of equipment is your intuition. If your gut tells you something's off, you better believe, get out, something's off. That would seem to be sound advice because you're tapping into the, the human um, subconscious senses, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, and you don't know what's in the dark. I mean, we don't see what we're communicating with. And uh, it can be anything like there's so many dangers out there and that's why it's important. And I always tell everybody, don't go alone. Make sure you have somebody with you, but make sure you find a team that you can train under and learn the trait and learn how to do things and not to do things. Um, when I first started, I was an idiot <laughs> and I got myself in some trouble big time. Mm -hmm. Well, fortunately, that you, you've managed to survive that. Oh, yeah. So, uh, apart from the professional investigators and the equipment that we've covered, if a person suspects that their home has uh, paranormal activity, how would you recommend they proceed? 
Well, first, don't yourself communicate with them. Um, if you don't know what you're doing, you can get in a world of trouble. It can make them angry, especially do not provoke them. You know, most of the time, spirits are attached to the land. To them, that's theirs. Um, nobody here ever would want somebody come in your home and just start yelling at you. I mean, we'll fight. We'll defend ourselves because this is our family. Yes. Um, we'll get angry. We don't want to stand for it. That's why spirits get mad. And pretty much, you know, you've got to understand that what we see or what we're hearing may not always be something that we think is something paranormal. A lot of things can be explained. But um, always please try to make sure you just find a team. Uh, there's tons of teams that are free that are out there for the right reasons. And I always tell people, do your research on the teams. And, you know, we're very well known, but people still look us up and they have asked our clients in the past, can these guys be trusted? Don't just have anybody come in in your home. And if they tell you to leave, pick another team. <laughs> Because this ain't taps. We're not on TV. You shouldn't be ran out of your home. <laughs> well, you kind, you kind of answered my next question. I was wanting to, to ask you how you could find a reputable team of people to investigate. Well, Facebook's the best tool, I think. Um, you know, so many people found us on there. And, you know, Google, you just type in paranormal teams near me um, or message me on Facebook. Um, I don't know if Charles puts up links, but I have thousands of teams in my database. I've helped people in England, California, but you just go on Facebook, type in, you know, I don't know if you live in Greenup County, type in Greenup County paranormal and that's it. And you'll find tons of teams that's around your area to pick from. That's a, a comforting thought that there are people available to help. Now, do you, oh yeah, there's tons. Now, do you think that uh, the current I guess, uh, fixation with the paranormal. I don't mean that in a negative term, but uh, paranormal as, as a whole has become more popular. Do you think that has muddied the waters or has it made it uh, easier for people to find what they need to find? Well, to be honest, I say both. Um, you know, with everybody watching TV, they think that's the way it goes. And, you know, with no disrespect, I'm friends with Steve Gonzalez from TAPS. I mean, no disrespect from this, but that's for entertainment. You know, what you're hearing and seeing is not how it goes in the field. And it can make us look bad if teams are watching TV thinking, I'm a pro now. I can go out there. Don't do it. <laughs> Get your training. But again, on the other side, it has been more positive because people aren't as afraid. You know, Jason and their team, they were the first to revolutionize the field pretty much, you know, what we have today. And when they first started TAPS, everybody laughed at them. And now there's people coming out of the woodwork saying, I am scared. I don't understand. I need help. And we've had so many people contact us because, you know, they saw TV and they thought, well, how do I get somebody? And they just typed it in and there we were. <laughs> So uh, what do you think the attraction is for people's interest in the paranormal? What do you think is I, fascinating about it? I think the unknown. You know, even though I've got all this experience in this field, I still don't know. You know, if you got an answer to a question, that opens you up for more questions. 
And uh, I think it's the mystery of the beyond that we, our minds can't wrap around. You know, to this day, I've had tons of experience. And because of you, I've been able to investigate some of the places I've always wanted to. And, you know, you first done our, your interview with our team years ago, and that opened up doors. And in all that, when I hear a voice that I know is not my team, or I hear like a door open on my command, that still blows my mind. I'm like, how? I think it's the mystery, the unknown, the spooky, I guess you will. Well, now, what would you say to somebody who was kind of on the fence about whether or not something was paranormal or even to believe that paranormal activity exists? Oh, that's a good question. I've actually been asked that. Um, my best thing is just open your eyes and pay attention. Keep an open mind. You know, there are things out there we don't understand. This world is huge. This universe is huge. And all you've got to do is just not, you don't have to believe. Just be open to the fact that there may be something that's beyond the normal, which is all the paranormal means is something beyond normal. And again, a lot of things could be that the house is settling and the frame's off and you set, you know, step down somewhere and it opens a door. Things like that can be explained, but all the experiences thousands of people throughout decades have always had, they can't just be chalked up as natural. So I always tell people, keep an open mind. You know, if you look and pay attention, you'll believe. And in fact, I want to, if I can, give kind of a short experience with that. Yes. We were doing a theater um, local to me and Charles. I'm not going to give any names for, you know, legal reasons. I don't want to copyright. (laughs) (laughs) But um, this guy was up on the stage, complete skeptic, did not believe. I'm up in the projector. And if you know anything about this place, there's only one way in, one way out. And there's no side doors. There's no exit. He watched a shadow figure get up and walk up the stairs. My investigator with him keyed up, and I'm come down the stairs. Nobody was there. He immediately turned white and looked at my investigator and said, I'm done. I believe. Y'all good luck. And walked out. (laughs) And he even made it clear to me, I'll never believe no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. And he walked out a believer. Well, sometimes would you say that uh, that sort of – I guess preemptive disbelief is simply uh, lack of understanding or uh, sort of whistling in the dark, as it were. Yeah. And us as humans, you know, typically we fear what we don't understand or at least push aside. And if we don't understand it and that fear creeps in, we try to close it off. Of course, you know, I mean, we're built to protect ourselves. And uh, I think the lack of understanding, have, it's the biggest thing because when you have that experience, you ask yourself, what is going on? Is there actually something to this? So uh, one last question. How do you think that researching paranormal all of these years has improved your life? Uh, uh, that one would be a 50-50. <laughs> um, it's been hard because, you know, we don't charge everything that gas, equipment. We have thousands of dollars of equipment. Again, some of them pretty much is paperweight, but everything comes out of our pocket. Um, the time it takes away from our families and in this research and in the analysis, it can be really, really overwhelming. And it's got to the point I've almost stepped out of the field. Okay. And other than that, you know, I mean, it's, it's awesome because people locally get to know you and they get to connect and they feel that 
they can share their life and their experience. Um, as you know, you know, we do meet and greets at festivals and things. And yes, I don't know. I can't count how many people's come up and said, I just want to talk. I've had experience. I don't understand. Can I talk? And to hear their story and hear people that's not in that point where they're afraid anymore to share. It's amazing because it kind of makes you feel like, what's the best word? I guess a helper. Okay. Because I love to help people. You know, that's my drive in life. And if I can help somebody feel safe or better, I've accomplished my day. And when you hear their story and you can see them say, thank you, I understand. There's just nothing better than that. So besides the time and the money, everything about this field is just amazing. Well, now along those lines, if someone, uh, isn't fortunate enough to catch you at a festival or something along those lines. How does somebody reach you? Oh man, we got tons of, uh, links. Uh, we got a phone number that's directly to our case manager. Um, if I can share that, I can go ahead and give it. Oh, please do. Um, her name is Angie. It's 606-932-9903. Uh, we have tons like any social media you think of. We've got it. Our most biggest one is YouTube and Facebook. Just type in Greenup County Paranormal Society, and we'll pop up there. Um, I'd give the links, but they're super long. Well, I mean, but, uh, as long as they know where to start the search. Yeah, and it, if you go to Google and type in Greenup County Paranormal, we'll pop up every single link under that. But um, we're listed as a business, so thank goodness Google kind of helps feed that, um, I guess, traffic is the best way. And they've helped us get out there by, I mean, to this day, people still don't know we're out there. They type us in and we pop up. So uh, just type in our name and we're easy to find. Hey, is there any uh, any other thing that you would like to share with the listeners? Um, yeah, there would be. Um, just be smart and be safe. Uh, use your common sense. It, this is fun, but don't get in it just for the thrill. Understand you. there's laws, and this is the biggest thing that gets under my skin. Don't trespass. You know, it's not cool to have a broken leg where your bone's sticking out. It's just, it's not fun. There's very huge dangers in this field that we can't see things. So just be smart, you know, do your research. Don't go in thinking that you watch the show and you can do what they do because they've got tons of experience and uh, have fun with it. Life is just so short. And at the end of the day, you don't want to regret anything, just be safe when you do it. Well, Steve, thanks a lot for being with us and sharing some of your experiences and your insight and knowledge. And hopefully soon we'll have you back on for an update. Oh, I appreciate it. And it's been an honor. It's always good talking to you. This is Charles Romans. And on behalf of myself and our guests, thank you for joining us on this walk through the shadows of legend. If you like what you heard, please follow us and visit our website at shadowsoflegend.com and support our Patreon page to help keep the content flowing. And if you would like to be a guest and share your own brush with a stranger paranormal, don't hesitate to email us and include a contact number. The strange and surreal, the normal and the paranormal are all aspects of the world in which we live. As you reflect upon the stories we have shared, keep in mind that the people sharing these stories are actual, real people just like us. Were the stories shared compelling enough to be given credibility, or should they be relegated to the deeper part of the shadows? 
But when determining this, it might be a good idea to keep an open mind, because when we look around, we might discover that our own world is less brightly lit than we once thought. Until next time, I'll be waiting for you in the shadows of legend.